first Sunday of 2019. Can y'all believe that? Feels like you've already been into this year about a, about a month, doesn't it? But here we are. So glad you're with us today. Thank you for coming. Uh, uh, I want to say uh, Madison Penn. There's Madison right there. She's waving at you awkwardly because I just pointed her out. This is Madison's last Sunday with us. Uh, she is actually going on a, uh, she's going on a, God's called her to be a missionary to Hawaii. <laughs> How many of you want to go on a missions trip to go visit her? Her family lives in Hawaii, and so she's going to go down there for a few years, uh, and then she's going to come back and be with us, all tanned and everything when you get back. We're going to miss you, Madison. And also, i got to say to Josh and Aaron, congratulations on getting engaged. My goodness. There you go. There's a whole bunch. We had about five couples get engaged right here. Yeah, you too. Five couples get engaged over this past uh, this past uh, several weeks. So, man, isn't that great? Love it. And Chris and I are going to get married, too. We've decided that um, after 25 years and, and two boys, that it's getting pretty serious. So I think we're going to go ahead. And, I'm joking. We're married. You all have been married for 20... Some of you all trying to figure out, is that right or not? Well, welcome to church. Glad you're here today. We're starting a new series today called Clean Slate. Here, look at your neighbor and say, Clean Slate. Don't you like the feeling of that? Isn't that just a good, don't you love that? Clean slate. The, the term clean slate is a mid-19th century uh, term where uh, when you owed a debt, they didn't, they, didn't send you, uh, they didn't send you something in the mail. They wrote it on a piece of slate in chalk. So the grocery store that you were a part of, you had a, a running tab there. Everybody in the community knew how much you owed the grocer. Same thing with grades in school. They would write your oh Jesus, they would write your grades uh, on a slate. And so clean slate came when you had paid the debt off, or when the new year started again. They would wipe it down. Hence, go ahead. That'd be your part. <laughs> clean slate, right? Uh, and I, I was as as we came up with this this idea for this series. We started thinking of other words, clean slate, uh, fresh start, uh, a restart, a reboot, a reset. All of those words give me just a great feeling. Just say it with me. Say, fresh start. Fresh Come on, how many of that just gives you a warm feeling? Like, ah, oh, man. How many of you have a place in your life that if you could go back and have a fresh start, you would do it? Now, you wouldn't have to stay there. You could come back right to where you are. But you would go back and redo something. When I was a kid, we had what was called do-overs. Like if you were playing tag and somebody goes, oh, no, 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 that wasn't fair. Do-over, do-over, do-over. You remember the countdown in the backyard, basketball, if you missed it. Oh, he was fouled. He gets a fresh start. Do-over. Well, we're going to be talking about that for the next several weeks because I believe that God wants to give every single one of us a clean slate. And we're going to be talking about your relationship with Jesus. We're going to be talking about your relationship with one another. We're going to be talking about finance. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a little heads up. When we say a a clean slate in your relationship, that doesn't mean go start another relationship. All right? So don't get your hopes up, okay? It ain't happening. We're talking about in the one that you're in, getting a clean slate. Today... I really want to dive into this word reset. Everybody say reset. reset. 
I woke up this morning getting ready to finish up some sermon prep. And uh, during the night, my computer decided that it was going to do an update. And guess what it had to do before I could get started? Had my candle lit, had my coffee ready, had the worship music going. I was ready. And the computer says, nope, we got to do a reset. Things have got to be recalibrated. Well, when you look at creation, creation was all about a reset. Look at this, Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 3. Give me a little bit of this microphone in the monitor right there, thank you. Genesis 1 and verse 3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, morning came, marking the first day. Now remember... Up until this statement, let there be light, everything was eternity. Just eternity. But then God says, let there be light, and not just light. Now we're going to name the light and the darkness. It's going to be night, it's going to be day. When you have both of those, then you have a brand new day. So in creation, God established a reset. And I believe, because He knew that you and I were going to need resets. The Bible says in Lamentations 3 and 23, Great is His faithfulness. His mercies began afresh each morning. I'm thankful for God's grace, but I'm even more thankful that God does not give me leftover stale grace. That every single morning when I wake up, If I just take a snip, I can smell a fresh batch of grace just bubbling, waiting on me. Just a hot cup of mercy just waiting on me. For everything that I did the day before, there's a fresh batch of mercy waiting on me. And for everything I'm going to do in that day, which I'm going to mess up today. I don't know if you know that or not. How many of you planning on messing up today? Okay, planning or not, you're going to mess up. But thankfully, God has already set us up with mercies for that day. So every single morning, when you wake up, there's new hope. Right? There's new life. There's new joy. Even for those of you that have had those rough nights, and we've all had them, where we've done things that day or that night that we feel so guilty about, and we wake up with that feeling. Don't you hate that feeling when you wake up? Like, oh God, what did I do? And why did I do that? Or is that just your pastor? How many of you ever have (laughs) that feeling (laughs) where you wake up? But there's also something that comes with that light coming through the window. When you have an understanding that he's got you fresh mercies for that day, once you kind of get over the guilt thing and then you begin to put your hope back into him and his grace and in his love for you, there's a reset for you. God established this for us because he knew that we would need a reset. So every single day you get a reset. That's also why we have weeks. There's a week. There's a reset. We look forward to the weekend. How many times you have, man, if I can just get to Friday, right? One of my favorite things is hearing people at the hill say, I cannot wait to Sunday. I just got to get to Sunday. I knew when I dreaded Sunday, all right? I love being a part of a church that I can't wait to Sunday. Oh, that was just me? Once again, your pastor's the only one that grew up dreading Sunday, son? The thing about 
that weekend is it gets you ready for a reset. And this is why Jesus, this is why God established the Sabbath. The Sabbath marked the ending of one week and the beginning of the next week. In other words, it was a reset. So look at your neighbor. Look at him. If you don't like him, then just say, I'm sorry, but i got to talk to you right now. Just look at him and say, Sunday. Come on, some of you aren't saying, say, Sunday gives you a restart. This is why taking a day of the week and saying, this is a day that is holy to the Lord. This is a day I'm setting aside for His purposes is not an elective. I don't make the preacher preach today. (laughs) But for some reason, the Sabbath has become something that, eh, if we feel like doing it, if I'm not too busy, I want us to start this year off right by me telling you as your pastor, the Sabbath is still a commandment. You know the thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet. You know the other one? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Being at church should not be something we do every once in a while. It should be something that we're making a priority in our life. Look at Isaiah 58 and verse 13. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interest on that day. Uh oh. But enjoy the Sabbath. And I love this. Speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with inheritance. I promise to your ancestor Jacob, I the Lord have spoken. There's promises that are connected with keeping the Sabbath holy. So what happens is the Sabbath is that day that we set aside as a holy day. It's a day that is devoted to the Lord and it is a reset. You get to the end of your week. And you've given everything you have to that week. You've gone through a whole bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden you come together. And you hear people that have been walking through all kind of mess too. They've been having struggles and, and trials. And yet all of a sudden you hear someone on either side of you singing, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. And something begins to click in you. And you walk out of here with fresh breath, fresh air, and fresh enthusiasm. That's called a reset. God also didn't just establish a Sabbath weekly. He established yearly Sabbaths. These were every year. There were holy days that were set aside for God's purposes. Rosh Hashanah is the, is the celebration of the Jewish New Year. And it's a day that is set aside to say, this is a day we're devoting this to you, God. And by doing so, we're saying that the rest of this year is yours as well. It's a reset. We make fun of the statement, new year, new you, right? But there's something to it. Because God knows that we need a reset once a year, at least. Ten days following Rosh Hashanah would come Yom Kippur, which is the most holy day of, of Jewish religious days. The most holy day. It's the day of atonement. And it's a day of prayer and fasting. They set that day aside and they spend that day fasting from food from sunup to sundown. And they spend that day in prayer and in worship. And the reason this is important is because it reminds them of who they were and now who they are and who God is. 
Now, that'll help you get through the year right there. If you wake up every morning and remember who you are, were, now remember who you are and remember who God is. Let's say that together. Remembering who you were, who you are, and who God is. Tell your second favorite neighbor, preach it. Tell them. Look at them. Say, preach it. Yeah, because you didn't pick them first, so they're your second favorite. As a church, we're going to be doing the same thing beginning tomorrow. You've heard us talk about it. Every year, we take a certain number of days and we set them aside and we call them days of devotion. Uh, for, for a while, we did 21 days of devotion. We've done 14 days of devotion. We've done all kind of days. In our seven years, we've done a, a whole matter of numbers of days. And we felt this year, we wanted to, to really focus on one week, seven days of devotion that we're taking and we're setting aside beginning tomorrow through next Sunday, and we're setting aside an entire full week. And I'm believing that it's going to be a time of reset for many of you. It's going to be a fresh start. It's going to be a restart. The two components of our days of devotion, the first one is prayer. And prayer can get get a bad rap. And the reason it can is because us humans love to mess up God's stuff. We don't mean to, we just do it. We overcomplicate it, we make it too hard. But in reality, prayer just means this, communing with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is literally intentionally setting time aside to talk to God and let Him talk to you. Man, isn't that a lot simpler than, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, right? Now, if that's the way you like to pray, that's fine. But if you don't know how to do it, and it's and I hear it all the time as a pastor. People go, I don't know how to pray. I just don't understand it. And my, my, my comeback is always, are you talking to me right now? That's what prayer is. It's talking to God and letting God talk to you. It is not as complicated as we make it. And as a church, we're going to make it even easier for you. Uh, there's a, going to be a, a link. Do we have that link, our website? Right here, there's a link, thehillsnashville.com, in seven DOD, seven days of devotion. You go there, and we're going to have a whole bunch of information for you on how to pray. Matter of fact, we also have some booklets today. We don't have a lot of these left, but we do have what's called a Pray First booklet that we put together several years ago, and it's a personal prayer guide. And in here is a lot, how, to, how to create a lifestyle of prayer, how to pray according to the Lord's Prayer, how to pray according to the tabernacle prayer. There's prayers and scriptural uh, devotionals in here. And so those are going to be available for you uh, as you leave today. Where are those going to be at? Next Steps? Next Steps today? Uh, but if you, if you don't pick one of these up, we'll also have that on the website. Bring that link up one more time. If you need to take a picture of that or write it down, make sure you have it because this is important. Because every day this week... As a church, we're going to have a daily prayer focus. There's going to be something that as a church, we're going to be praying for every single day of this week. All seven days, we're going to be focusing and praying for some specific things. Prayer is not complicated. But James says that prayer, the prayer of a righteous person, is powerful and effective. How many of you want to be powerful and effective? Wouldn't you like to get to the end of 2019 and look back and go, wow, that was powerful and effective? Would you love that? 
I was powerful and effective in my job, in my relationship. You know how to do that? Prayer. Are there things in your life that are not moving? They're not, they're, they're not operating the way you need to be operating? Prayer. Start right there. Instead of getting the self-help book or trying to figure out how to do this or do that, start right there. You don't have to pray all the time, but just pray first. Start, oh, that was pretty good right there. I didn't even mean to say that. Pray first. Start right there. I will tell I'm confessing a whole bunch as a pastor today. I can tell you that I will be in the middle of a dilemma where I'm trying to help someone through a situation and, and lives are falling apart. I'll be, I'll be a few days into it and think, I have not even prayed about this situation. How many of you find yourself doing the same thing? One, two, three, four, five. Just make it see. Okay, good. Now we can keep going. Prayer. I'm believing for us to see mountains move this year. We're going to see the hills move this year, but I'm believing for mountains. I'm believing for mountains to be moved. Come on, how many of you have a mountain that you'd love to see move this year? Whatever it is, it's an addiction in a family member. Maybe it's addiction in your life, or maybe it's a vice, or it's a, it's a relationship thing, or a financial thing, or, or a sickness, or an illness. I'm believing for it. I'm believing this year for us to see mountains move. That there's no way we could have done that. Prayer is powerful and effective. This will also be a week of fasting. Fasting. The word fasting means to abstain from. In other words, to give up something that you want or something that you think you need. And this is something when we begin to talk about it, uh, it's amazing. Every year as we talk about fasting, the people that have never fasted before, it's never been a part of their spiritual disciplines. And, and main reason is because a lot like prayer, they don't think they can do it. They're scared of it. But I want to tell you today, that I will not go down in life as one of the world's greatest fasters. That won't be my epitaph. When a man, this guy could fast. I'm going to tell you right now. All right? <laughs> I have. I've, I've been on two 40-day fasts. I've been on 21-day fasts. I've been on three-day fasts. And I've been on multiple fasts in my life. But it, it wasn't easy for me. It wasn't. And you know what I found is that's the point. So if you say, I can't do it, if, as soon as you feel that, that's probably a thing you need to attempt. I can never make it without that. Whoa, there's a sign right there. And so fasting means to push away, close your mouth. That's literally the word fasting in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew means to cover your mouth. Right? Just going to push away, take some time. Practically, there are some different types of fasting. There's a partial fast from all food. So the Jewish fast would be sun up to sundown. So uh, most times that's 6 a.m. to 3 or 4 p.m. That is the, the Jewish fast where you say, I'm not, I'm not going to eat anything for, for that day. Then there are those this week that will be going on a complete fast where they will eat no food for one day, three days. Some people are going seven days. They'll say, I'm going to be no food. It'll be uh, juice and water and, and liquid. And, and that's, that's what they're doing. There are other folks that are fasting from some food. So there's something like caffeine or bread or sweets. or There's a thing called the Daniel fast that became really, really popular. I hate it, but it became really popular. <laughs> no meat, no sweets, no bread. Drink water and juice. 
fruits and vegetables, those type of things. I'm trying to give you some ideas for those that don't know. Other people will fast from culture or other desires, such as uh, going on a, on a media fast. No TV, no movies, not that entertainment, just taking a week. Not going to do that. Some folks go on a social media fast. Well, you talk about one that will change your life right there. Uh, some folks uh, are fasting a certain type of music that they listen to and only going, and just going to plug that in with, with worship music. So I just want to give you some ideas. Whatever it is that God, uh, that, that you feel like is that thing that you want to do, I want to encourage you to go all in. Do it. And watch God do incredible things in your life. I will say this. It's not like that book reading assignment in school. Don't pick the easy one. All right? Because the whole point of fasting is you don't want to do it. You know why they're called spiritual disciplines, right? Because they take discipline. And nobody likes discipline when you don't want to do it. And it's not discipline if you want to do it. At that point, it's a hobby, right? Discipline means this is hard for me, but that is the point of fasting. It's telling me you are not in control. Mr. Ragsdale, I know you think you are, but you are not in control. And so for a day, I'm not going to feed you what you want so bad. So I want to encourage you, take a seven-day break from some things. And you might find that you don't even need or want those things when you get to the end of it. My wife, about a year ago, decided to take a social media fast, and she did it for several reasons. Uh, some were personal, but others because she wanted to see God do some things in some people in our lives, in our, in our church. And so she's been, she was just going to do it for like a month, and she's been off of it for a year. She's like, I realize it just wasn't that big of a deal in my life. It could be that there's something in your life right now that you think I could never make it through a day without that. It could be that after stepping away from it from three days or seven days, that you realize that's not something I need like I thought I needed it. Right? And fasting is not about taking something away as much as it is making room for what matters. Because it can really be easy to just make it think, well, I'm, I'm just not looking through social media, or, I, or I'm, I'm not eating fried chicken today, all right? But that's not the point of it. The point of taking something away is to make room and time for other things. I can tell you that when I have gone on my extended fast, it was crazy how much time I had. You realize how much time we spend eating and planning to eat? And thinking about eating. And while we're eating, we're planning where we're going to be eating next. It's the same thing with social media. It's the same thing with music. It's the same. We spend so much time. And people say, I just don't have time to pray. Yes, you do. If it's a priority. And that's what a reset does. It recalibrates and make what's important, important again. How many could use that in your life? So take the time where you would... Be eating or scrolling and pray. Fasting, my, my theology professor said, fasting without praying is just called going hungry. <laughs> so if you're abstaining from something, but you're not adding prayer into that, then you're missing out. Because the scripture says there are certain things that don't happen without prayer and fasting. 
You think prayer is powerful and effective? You add a fast to that? Ooh, it's like next level powerful and effective. So take that time. Add in prayer. Add in some worship. What if this week you change your playlist? What if this week instead of listening to this music, you listened to a music that glorified and edified God? Lifted Him up. Where your car is a place of worship. It's a place where you commune with Him. Take that time and, and, and add serving in there. Serve someone. Serve somewhere. Take that time and put reading in there. Get into God's Word. I'm believing that this year we're going to have a love for God's Word like we've never had before. I'm believing for that. I'm believing for these next seven days to jumpstart some great things in our life. Remember the focus of these seven days of devotion is not really about prayer and fasting. It's about devotion. Say that word with me, devotion. Devotion. Let's say it again, devotion. devotion. Devotion has become this word that is something that we do in our morning quiet time. Have you had your devotion today? But devotion is much bigger than that. And I'm believing this year as your pastor, my word for our church is devotion. And you're going to hear it a lot this year. Because I'm believing that as we progress through this year, and I'm praying, and part of my prayer during this next seven days of fasting is praying, God, make us more devoted to you than we've ever been before. Let us have a love for you like we've never had before. I want to look at this audience and I want to see as the new people come into our church, I want us to see, I want, I want us to be more devoted than we've ever, I want me, I, I want to be more devoted than I've ever been before. I want you to be more devoted than you've ever been before. My prayer is that we become fully devoted disciples of Christ this year. Completely devoted. And you know that's what it means to be his disciple, right? I'm going to say that again. You do know that's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. He doesn't have part-time disciples. There's no clock in, clock out. I don't know when it became the thing that just a part-time thing with God was how... No, that's not how it works. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. All of your soul, your mind, and your strength. Matter of fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 16 and 24. Look at this. He said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple. How many of you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Now, don't have to be peer pressure. Don't raise your hand if you haven't figured it out yet. But how many do? I want to see the hand. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. All right, this is what it looks like. Whoever wants to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's a little different than open up a booklet every morning, right? Nothing wrong with that. That's a good start. But the reason we're setting seven days aside of devotion is so that we can become 365 people devoted to Him. He said, deny yourself. Another word for that is repentance. To repent. Repentance. The word repentance means, doesn't mean just, God forgive me for what I'm doing. Repentance means to turn around and walk the other way. You were walking this way, and now you turn and you walk this way. Listen to me as your pastor today. And if I'm not your pastor, just play like I am, okay? This would be a good time to stop doing some things you shouldn't be doing anyway. Okay? This would be a good time during this days of devotion to stop some junk that you've been doing in your life. 
that you know you shouldn't be doing anyway. Now look, don't call that a fast, okay? That's just not sinning, all right? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's a good start, all right? And I'm, I'm looking at some of you that are struggling with some tough stuff. It's been years you've struggled with it. And, and some of you are, are battling with some stuff right now. And I want to I tell you today, it's time. Lay it on the altar. Repent of it. Turn around. And the scripture says that if you will confess to him that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And that you have a Holy Spirit that will come alongside of you and help you in your time of trouble. How many receive that? Amen. Deny yourself. And this is take up your cross. What we talked about a moment ago. This is the discipline of doing things that we don't want to do. That's what the word disciple comes from. Discipline. That's what their three and a half years, they weren't just walking around seeing miracles. He was disciplining them. And that's what we need in our life. The Bible says that the Lord disciplines those that He loves. So God is going to ask some of you to take up something that you don't want to carry. That's part of being a disciple. And then thirdly, if you want to be my disciple, He said, follow me. And that means wherever He goes. Wherever he goes. For some of you this year, God's going to take you further than your religion said you could go with him. For some of you this year, God's going to take you deeper than you felt you could ever go with him because of your mistakes and your personality. This year is a year that God wants to take you to places and see things and experience things and have encounters you've never had before. But you have to make up your mind that you're willing to go wherever he leads. And not just for a week. So just like we set the first day of the week aside for God today, we set aside a Sabbath, we as a church are devoting the first full week of 2019 to God. And we're believing for a reset. We're believing for a clean slate. We're believing for a fresh start. And I personally am believing for big things. We've seen some incredible things this year. We're going to be telling you next week uh, some, some of the things that God has done uh, in our church and sharing that with you. We've seen some incredible things, but I'm believing for even greater. Anybody besides me? Come play Taylor, and I want to read this last scripture for you. Joshua 3 and 5. I love this passage of scripture. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I'm believing that for us this year. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, God will do wonders among you. Just take your hand and put it on your heart. And I want you to say this. Say, God has miracles for me this year. And if you believe that, say amen. Close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you today. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that I feel in this room right now. I love it when we worship and we pray throughout the week for this moment. We prepare for the message. There's no greater feeling than you showing up and settling in among us. God, there are miracles in this room. 
And today they're disguised as addiction. Today they look like sickness. They look like pain and torture and torment. But they're miracles. And all they need is a touch of your hand. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for the lives that are going to be changed this year. I thank you for the hearts that are going to be transformed this year. The hearts of stone that are going to be turned to a a heart of flesh. Instead of cold and hard, it's beating with life flowing through it. I thank you for that today. I thank you for the miracles that are going to happen in businesses and relationships and in finances and in health. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Right now, I speak against every lying voice that would tell the people in this room right now that they don't deserve it, that they can't have it, that this message is not meant for them. I speak against that lying voice in Jesus' name. You have no right and no authority. I pray peace in the name of Jesus, Lord. For those that are walking through anxiety and stress, I speak peace over them and the comfort of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. We trust in you, Lord. I pray as we go through the next seven days that you will reveal yourself beautifully. Your scripture will open up to us. Our prayer time will feel fruitful. And I thank you, God, for the miracles we're going to see. And I thank you for the clean slates, the fresh starts. Keep your eyes closed, please. I want to ask you today, for those of you that are ready for a clean slate in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Around here we call them fresh starts because that's exactly what you get when you give your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to do so today, either for the first time or or you want to commit fully to Him today, as I begin to read what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and it means to be fully devoted and something was sparked inside of you like that's me I, I don't want to just be a follower I want to be a fully devoted disciple of Jesus if you want to make that commitment today with nobody looking around if you want a fresh start with Jesus just raise your hand right where you are up high come on not just up really high come on hands going all over the room thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus alright put your hand down Jesus, Jesus. Open your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Anytime I, I speak on certain subjects, I spend a lot more time in prayer before I do. I speak on giving or I speak on fasting and prayer. And my main prayer is, Lord, don't let anybody throw a chair. Just, just don't let anybody throw a chair. So I thank you for not only not throwing chairs, but being open and receptive today. For some of you, this is the first time you've heard this kind of uh, a message given on fasting and prayer. I want to encourage you to go all in this week. Don't just put your tiptoe in. I mean, go all in this week with everything that you have. Let's all raise our right hand. Come on up high. There are people sitting right beside you right now. They're about to pray this prayer for the first time. Does that fire anybody up but me? The first Sunday of 2019, baby. Here we go. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for a new year and a new me. I give myself to you. 
Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your blood. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for paying the price so I didn't have to. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Regenerate me. Give me new life. And I promise you today that I'll give you everything I have. Help me to live with you abundantly right now and eternally forevermore. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Thank you, Jesus.